We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Happy trade deadline week. Let's make it a good one. Hopefully we get a very busy week here in the NBA. We've got a ton of things to jump through today. So we're going to go rapid fire style through all of the latest NBA trade news as of today, which is Monday, February 7th. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me at Trevor underscore Lane, Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, it's finally here. Trade deadline week. Let's go. Yeah, now's the time when, I mean, we we saw a couple trades happen at the end of last week. Uh, go back if you want to get our uh, thoughts on the Blazers-Clippers trade as well as the Karis LeVert to Cleveland trade. Uh, we did uh, special shows for both of those two uh, trades, and we'll continue to do that as necessary. Um, you know, it'd be nice if they put a couple trades in like at the same time and then we could <laughs> knock them both out yep. and not shut everything down, put all the recording equipment away and then have to get back at it. But anyway, um, there's a lot of news and notes to go over here today. Um, apologies in advance if we miss who had this news item, uh, cause we're just kind of adding them all, but we're going to try to get it whoever uh proper credit to it but if we miss we, we apologize and you know in advance and sorry with that let, let's go though because i mean there, there's a good amount of stuff out there because it's 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 uh monday of trade deadline week and we know now things are starting to get a little bit more serious yeah, absolutely absolutely things are starting to really heat up around the nba we're not going to really do like a headline story today we're just going to go through all of it so let's just yep. uh, let's just start here christian wood says he wants to stay with the Houston Rockets, um, I, I think the Rockets will still trade him if he if something comes up that is you know something that they want. It, it could be worse, right? I mean, he could be saying he wants out, but there is a what else is he supposed to say element to this? Because if he says he wants out and there just isn't a good trade out there, then he's in a tough spot. So this is certainly the safer route to say, oh no, my preference is to stay in houston regardless and, and i'm not saying that's not what he thinks but just the, in terms of the public facing message you put out there it makes sense for this to be what's coming from christian wood yeah absolutely i mean he's not he's 
he's not the level of star player where he can come out and say, I want to go. And then everybody's like, okay. You know, he's also not the kind of guy who it's like, if he says he wants to go, everybody's going to be like, that's cute. No one cares because you stink, right? He's he's just a, I shouldn't use the term just, but he's a very good player uh, who's saying exactly what he should say. I don't hate the idea of him staying in Houston. Uh, I think he's still young enough because he's a big to match with Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, the million other guys. They're starting to play him with Alper and Shingun more, um, which is really important to find out, you know, can those two be a workable uh, duo in the front court together? And it, it's it's been a little messy, but that's bound to be, you know, and you're terrible, so who cares if it's messy? Try it and see what works. So, yeah, but if somebody starts offering, you know, really good younger player picks or a pick or whatever, and Houston's looking at it, that could change their mind pretty quickly on moving Christian Wood. But yeah, I, I, I think there's a chance he sticks uh, through this deadline and then maybe this summer when he turns into the final year of his deal, mm-hmm. then maybe that's when it happens. In that same interview, Eric Gordon was asked basically the same question, you know, trade the deadline and he basically gave the look i've been through this a million times i'm in rumors all the time you know if i stay here i'm good if i get traded it is what it is didn't really you know add a whole lot to it uh from from that but you know i mean eric gordon uh, at this point in your career if you're uh this deep in your career as eric gordon is and you haven't been in some trade rumors it probably means you're not a very good basketball player for eric gordon this is it's just another Monday, right? I mean, this yep. this is nothing yep. new to him. And, and so he just gave the, the professional answer. Um, you know, I think it's interesting, though, when we look at Christian Wood, and as we move on to our next guy here, Robin Lopez, this center market is a little bit more robust than I had expected. We've got, sure. you know, we're going to talk in a little bit about Yaka Pertle, Miles Turner's another name that's out there. There's some players out there and some teams that are after that, maybe more so than you would expect in the current era of the NBA where small ball is the rage and, you know, speed and three-point shooting is so important. But as I mentioned, teams are looking for Robin Lopez out there on the market to see if he's a guy that they can get from the the Orlando Magic. So I do think that the traditional center, it's not dead. There are still teams that want this type of player if they can get a good one. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get one on... Lopez's five million dollar nice. a year salary, like yeah, of course you're happy to go get him. One year, five million dollars, very easily movable. A uh, ton of teams have a trade exception they could take him into if if they wanted to. So I think the uh, thing is for the Magic is. They're not going to trade Lopez just to trade him. He's very happy here in Orlando. He likes being on the Magic. He, as we've talked before, he likes being close to the theme parks, uh, Disney and Universal, and doing all that stuff. And the Magic love the way he's worked with Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, but the reality is, if somebody is like, man, we really need a backup big or a spot starter to get us through the next few months and through the playoff run, they may call Orlando and say, hey, what do you think about a second round pick? And at that point, the Magic may say. Hey, thanks for your you know few months of service. Maybe we'll regroup again next summer mm-hmm. and, and see. Because like we noted with Ricky Rubio, if a player is traded and their contract expires, they can resign with the team they left. It's only if they're bought out that they can't then sign you know, with that team that traded them away. So so that that they, that's my guess is maybe how a Robin Lopez trade comes. But to your point, it does say that there's a lot of teams kind of looking around for big man help. I think regardless, Robin Lopez isn't going to be canceling his season pass to Disney World anytime soon. 
right? Like this is this is the kind of thing where, like you said, he could wind up back in Orlando, even if he does get traded, kind of like the Ricky Rubio situation. So we'll see where this goes. But yeah, like I said, this is this is something where it's interesting just how this is developing around the NBA, that there is this kind of interest in bigs when maybe you wouldn't suspect mm -hmm. that to be the case given the way things have gone uh but speaking of bigs maybe the traditional center has some some value out there but right now the trade market is really quiet for thaddeus young from the san antonio spurs now i have to imagine though part of this part of this keith is teams saying you're gonna buy him out in a month why are we why would we trade something for him right now we'll just wait until he hits the buyout market that has to be part of the leverage play and why things are a bit quiet for that young because i think he could certainly mm -hmm. help some teams right now yeah and, and what happens in the case for a guy like that is if you're team x and you're saying you know boy we really need thaddeus young like we feel like he's the missing piece to push us over whatever hurdle we're trying to get over into the playoffs into finals contention to win a title you know whatever it is then you may feel like all right let's get a trade done so that we can be sure we get him and he doesn't go to team y instead after getting bought out but you're absolutely right i think teams are looking at it and saying yeah prime buyout candidate we don't need to rush into any kind of trades where we're going to give up you know, maybe somebody like Phoenix, right? He was mentioned a Phoenix mm -hmm. guy almost since he got to San Antonio and Phoenix may be looking at it and saying, you know, that Dario Sarge contract might have better use for us somewhere else in another deal. Or maybe they look at it and say, you know, we've kind of gotten by with what we've got now. We, we, we like Aiden and McGee and Biombo and, you know, that young isn't, he's not really going to play the four. So why would we do that? And, and that may be where, now all of a sudden he's a free agent in a couple weeks. Then they may say, "Oh yeah, now we feel differently. Let's go sign him for rest of the season at the minimum." But yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why his market's pretty quiet. Teams are just going to wait. And those previous three stories that we just went in, those were via Mark Stein, um, Christian Wood, Robin Lopez, Dad Young, uh, jumping to James Edwards from the Athletic saying that the Wizards, Kings, and Blazers have all reached out on Jeremy Grant, which is not a surprise, and those are names that we have heard circling Jeremy Grant for a while now, in addition to many other teams. There's a lot of teams that are after Jeremy Grant. Um, the Nets are apparently a team that reached out as well, but they don't have the assets to get him, which is, is not a surprise, but if you're the Nets, eh, you got to try. You got to make the phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you get you got to see what you can do with the minimal assets you're working with. The Nets are slightly different than than the lakers who we've talked about having you know not a lot that they can offer in trades but the nets have at least they've got a couple of those mid-range contracts that you could pile together if you really needed to uh their problem is like a guy like bruce brown who might be of interest to teams in trade he can block a trade because he's on a one-year contract with bird right so that gives them kind of the de facto uh no trade clause they're, they're cutting the grass in the neighborhood so uh yeah, we'll, we'll try to try to speak a little louder so nobody <laughs> hears that in the background here. Uh, yes, it's Florida. We still cut grass all year round. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is it is, uh, you know, Portland, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, where are we going yeah. here? Like, are we, you know, what else are we doing? Washington, okay, if you think he's a really great fit with Bradley Beal moving forward and you think he can sell it. And then the Kings, I, I don't, that makes just no sense to me at all. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I agree on Portland. Portland is a strange landing spot because really Portland should be uh, trading away players right now. They should be trying to get value for what they've got. I I mean, what at best case, what Portland kind of reshuffles the deck. If, if Let's say they trade away CJ McCollum, who we're going to talk about in just a bit, and then they bring in Jeremy Grant. And maybe it's not in the same trade, but, you know, roundabout, sure. that's, that's what winds up happening. Are they that much better? I mean, I guess it depends on which pieces get shuffled around those guys. I think Jeremy Grant could certainly help them. Maybe that checks sure. the box of, I want to be the second guy, at least on the offensive end or whatever um, for him. So, I mean, maybe, but... I, I just don't know if that's the move that puts the Blazers into the position that they want to be in. But again, they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot with Damian Lillard. How do you rebuild with the pieces that you've got without, you know, really truly tearing it down? Um, difficult spot for the Portland Trailblazers to be in. And I think they made things a little more difficult on themselves with the trade they just did with the with the Clippers. Uh, the, the, Kings, uh, the Kings have been talking themselves into, we are this close to really making a run here for a while. And I just don't for a decade. Plus. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's, I, I get it. It's painful to say yeah. this didn't work. Let's wipe the, the chalkboard clean again. Again. I mean, how many times have they done this now? Let's start from scratch again, but are they going anywhere as currently constructed? I don't think so. So I don't think being a buyer out there in the trade market doesn't make a ton of sense from the King's perspective either, but I guess if it's Jeremy Grant, you could look at him and say, look, this guy can fit into so many different styles that we could use him moving forward and he's young enough. But that's me trying to make sense of of those teams as landing spots for him because on the surface, it it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, yeah, that that one I just, yeah, I can't get there. I'm with you. I can't can't figure that one out. Let's jump to the Trailblazers. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go a little slightly bit out of order here. Um, we're, we're running uh, some of these news items off of Mark Stein's uh, reporting, which has been uh, you know really good. He's been all over a lot of stuff uh, over, well, I was going to say over the last couple of weeks, over the last you know, few decades, yeah. um, <laughs> really. But CJ McCollum, uh, Pelicans, we've heard that one for a while now. That's been out there that they're chasing CJ McCollum. But then Mark Stein says two rival teams, so that reads to me not uh, the Knicks or the Blazers are saying the Knicks are the, the team that is uh, interested in CJ McCollum and are really uh, starting to make a push. So that's kind of interesting because, you know, the Knicks have all these kind of contracts that are mid-range mm-hmm. salaries, Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, uh, Evan Fournier, that you could move and leave Portland in a spot where they still feel pretty good about what they have, but maybe their salary sheet is cleaner 
uh, you know, long term. It's it's it sometimes doesn't hurt to chunk up, you know, one big contract into three or four contracts if you can. So that's just kind of kind of perked me up a little bit to say, huh? The Knicks, I I, I don't I don't know that I love McCollum's fit in New York, but I mean. It seems like maybe they're going to try to do something to rebalance and salvage this year by taking on a guy who also has years into the future. So then they can, you know, have that as kind of their selling piece moving forward. He is a bit of an odd fit there in New York. But if there's a sense that, okay, the Knicks really need a point guard, I think CJ McCollum has shown over the years that when Damian Lillard is out, he can he can do that. He can be a guy that can initiate an offense for you that can be that score first point guard style player. So I, I get the appeal there. Mm-hmm. I do wonder what, where's the incentive for the Blazers? Because I would have to think now, okay, maybe recent trade aside for, for Norman Powell and Robert Covington, I would have to think that the Blazers would need to get something of value there. So pick wise, what's, what's being added into Evan Fournier, Kevin, Kemba Walker, stuff like that in order to get, the Blazers to bite on CJ to New York. That's that's the piece that's missing for me right now. And it could just be, okay, well, we're going to put this pick, this pick, this pick, or whatever into this. But I'm not sure where, where the Knicks go there or, or how highly valued CJ McCollum is. Yeah, if I'm the Knicks, what I'm looking at this is I am probably going to try without first and kind of pitch the plan of, hey, you know, you get off of all that extra years of salary mm-hmm. from our column if we give you, let's say, uh, making up like Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier or, you know, Burks and Fournier or whatever. Um, you, you get a couple good players who can really help you and you get off, you know, a bunch of money moving forward. And then I think what happens is, then Portland comes back and says, ah, can you do a pick? And then if you're the Knicks, if you really want CJ McCollum, maybe give up that future Dallas pick you have coming. Cause that's probably not going to be a great pick. That's probably a pick in the twenties. Most likely you got, you got to think at, at this point, you know, it's at least a non lottery pick unless, you know, everything falls apart. Cause no Luca team's going to be that bad. Uh, so, you know, that that's kind of, kind of where I guess I would go. And if I'm Portland, I'd, I'd probably do that just to, clear things out a little bit, pick up an additional pick, you know, reset, really reset my salary structure. And then I've got now a bunch of pieces that I could throw into other deals if I wanted to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I think that's something where if they can get a future first and they can reset some salaries and then you find uh, some contracts that maybe in the future even are easier to move just by splitting them up. Okay. Maybe that gives you some flexibility yep. moving forward. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk Ben Simmons. Yeah, I was going to say, let's stay in New York for, for a minute yeah. here because we, you know, we're back to non-update, update, you know, major breaking mm-hmm. news, but nobody says anything and nothing changes. I mean, Woj, Woj reported that the 76ers a month ago made a call on James Harden and just got flatly told no by Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But that's a month ago. I mean, there, yeah. there's so, it's so much has changed and can change in a month. I mean, things can change in an hour in the NBA. Around the trade deadline, it literally takes one phone call to change everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much I put into that, the fact that Brooklyn said no a month ago, but I, I don't know where we're at at this point. Is it Are we just resigned to Ben Simmons staying because it feels like we've kind of, the James Harden thing is sounding less likely now. And again, we, we went back and forth on this, Keith, on 
the incentive for the Nets to move James Harden right now. Why do you make Philly stronger this year when you might have to run into them in the playoffs? And then from Philly's perspective, why do you give up a bunch of stuff right now to get James Harden when you might be able to just get him in the offseason? Um, it, it's a tough dynamic to get around. And so I wonder if ultimately we just, as Mark Stein is suggesting, wind up right back kind of where we started, where Ben Simmons stays in Philadelphia for the rest of the year. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where I kind of hate myself for it, but I'm going to continue to react to every report that comes out on this whole Harden Simmons stuff, knowing that it all may be for nothing. I mean, we had Steve Nash over the weekend say, no, we're not trading James Harden. It's done. Now, some people said, what's he supposed to say? He's the coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't make those decisions. That's all true. But, you know, he, he very clearly put himself out there and said, no, uh, we had Woj saying that, um, you know, that they, they they don't want to trade James Harden, you know, and that uh, Kevin Durant wants James Harden to stay in in Brooklyn and that he but Kevin Durant also wants all people who are fully committed. Uh, meanwhile, I think they is it eight straight games that, yeah, they've lost eight mm -hmm. straight now. They're down to seventh in the east, but they're basically in a virtual tie with the Raptors and the Celtics for six, seven and eight. They're only a game and a half ahead of the Hornets and ninth. Uh, only four games ahead of the, the Hawks who are in uh 10th. Like it's bad in Brooklyn. They are playing awful, awful basketball. They have almost an even net rating now. Mm -hmm. Like it is just, you know, I mean, that's, it's almost unfathomable because of, you know, where they were earlier this year. I mean, at one point they were leading the East, you know, and then since then they've just completely fallen apart and, and it's Kevin Durant being out. Kyrie can't play home games. Harden has been in and out of the lineup. It's it's all that stuff. I mean, Boston plays them tomorrow night in Brooklyn. So we know KD's out because he's hurt. Kyrie's out because he can't play in Brooklyn. And we don't even know if Harden's going to be able to go. Like, you may see them in, you know, eighth place by themselves as soon as tomorrow night. And that's, that's tough to swallow. So, you know, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I, I guess I continue to believe they're not going to move Harden now. That's a summertime thing. Uh, I also continue to believe that they, you know, Sixers won't move Simmons until there's some uh, clarity on what's going on with Harden and or Beal and or Superstar X who becomes available. But, you know, I don't I don't know. It's something to keep me from uh, sitting here like I'm watching a daytime afternoon soap opera and just breathlessly waiting for the next uh, tweet from Woj and Shams and Stein and the whole crew. That That really is what this what the situation is because this yeah. is just constantly changing right and, yep. and and who knows what the the nets suddenly slipping like i i mentioned that it's been a month right since the 76ers called and, and we're interested in james Harden. look at what's happened in the last month yeah. could the the current situation the nets are in certainly has to play a factor in their decision making process i would think if i'm the nets i'm at least listening it doesn't mean i'm going to do a trade but you at least have to listen because look i mean how crazy is this when we step back and think about this Heading into the season, the Lakers and the Nets were the two favorites to come out of their respective conferences. If the playoffs were to start today, both teams would be in the play-in tournament. This season has been absolutely bonkers when it comes to, to just the, the variables that we've seen play out. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it's crazy what's going on in Brooklyn. I think there's got to be some pressure there. We talk about how you have to have urgency in order to make a trade. Sometimes that helps. A team sliding in the standings can help force a trade. Um, so we'll see what winds up happening here with the Nets, with the whole Ben Simmons situation. I keep coming back to, look, if the 
if the 76ers think that they can get James Harden just for Ben Simmons straight up, I I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I think they're going to have to add in some stuff. There was a report that they have completely, the 76ers have completely said Tyrese Maxey, no. He's just, he's yeah. off the table. Which, okay, I, I get that. But I, I kind of wonder if over the course of this week, we do at least get some conversation here between the 76ers and the Nets. I don't know that it ultimately leads to a deal. Again, I think they might find themselves at an impasse, but I think these two sides just have to talk, if nothing more from the Nets side, than just because of this slide and then the need to probably do something to try to fix this. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of get into some numbers, as you said, a month ago, a month ago, the Nets were 24 and 13. And now a month later, they're 29 and 24. That's five and 11, you know, in the span span of a month from you know January 7th to today, February 7th. So yeah, th- things have definitely changed. They've also got, uh, let, let's see, let me make sure we get this right. And because remember they had all those, those games that they had to make up. They have um, six games left before the, uh, the, the all-star break mm-hmm. so i mean that's a that, that's a lot of games i mean it could get way worse here before it gets better for for the nets going into the break because i've seen some suggesting they're just going to get to the all-star break and they'll you'll regroup them but i mean you know that by then they could be around a 500 team by the time we get to the all-star break if it just keeps kind of going this direction because here's their games now remember Kyrie can't play in home games so versus boston at washington at miami Versus the Kings, who just beat them up the other day, mm-hmm. um, at the Knicks, and then versus the Wizards. So you're not going to have Kyrie in half of those games, and then the other ones are kind of tough games anyway. So I really don't know what to make make of this with, with the, uh, you know, and I I I don't think Kyrie can play in the Knicks game either, if I remember I correctly. Even though it's a road game, but it's in the same city, mm-hmm. so. I would imagine, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess guess we'll find out in a in a little over a week here. But all right, let's move on. Yep. Let's, you know, because there's just not much there. Uh, just to go back to the Pelicans, since they were mentioned, uh, Mark Stein is reporting as as a couple others have is um, as much as the Pelicans are trying to build up around Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, they're also including uh, Jonas Valanciunas and Herbert Jones in that as well. Basically, saying those two guys are not, not going to be traded, um, which is. You know, that's talking about an emergence for for Jones, right? right? The rookie, uh, you know, there's a lot of people talking about him. Never mind all rookie teams jumping right to straight to all defense uh, low team teams and the like for him. And then Valanciunas has been great. And clearly they would like to see him with Zion Mm -hmm. uh, before they they do anything there. That that means Josh Hart is their uh, number uh, kind of their number one trade asset. Hart remembers on that very unique contract where it's non-guaranteed next season and then the season after that is non-guaranteed but with a player option so it's kind of a mutual option there uh a little bit there so plus you know i continue to believe josh hart's a pretty good basketball player and could help a lot of teams yeah absolutely josh hart is is very good very versatile player can help you out in a lot of ways so um that does give the pelicans something but the connection to like, is Josh hard enough to go get CJ McCollum? You probably have to add stuff there. I mean, obviously salary wise, you need to, but um, this is, it'll be interesting to see what the Pelicans do because there's been so much smoke, so much noise around them being a buyer 
and going out mm -hmm. there and trying to add a piece and maybe they do want to make the play-in tournament and, and kind of make that push so i'm curious to see what they ultimately wind up doing particularly if you do stick to zion ingram bounce Eunice, herbert jones all these guys are off off the market the that seems to suggest that you know josh hart is is what's left that's really your, your best yeah. movable piece so yeah. be interesting to see what they can get for him particularly on that contract how many teams value that and eh, yeah it's one to watch hey speaking of one, one last thing because yeah. you mentioned them in the play-in they have now passed the Portland trailblazers mm -hmm. they are 10th in the western conference so uh so that would mean they would be headed to to los angeles to play your lakers on uh, the first first uh round of the play-in i guess i guess those are rounds i don't really know how we term that because they don't even call it play, you know, the, those stats just go nowhere. Yeah, so, they don't exist. So weird. They they just kind of sit in this nether world of you know not existing. So you know, Jason Tatum's forty uh, something point game and then the the play in last year just like it didn't happen. It's I guess basketball purgatory. You know, nowhere you can find those stats. Real GM has them. Hmm. Uh, separated and broken out. So if you look up like like a player page on Real GM, you can actually see playing stats. Uh, they're separated and broken out. So for what it's worth, fancy. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about Bradley Beal. So Stein has Bradley Beal's wrist injury, particularly being a factor or potentially being a factor here at the trade deadline. I still think if there's, it's as Stein mentions too. Bradley Beal would have to go to the Wizards and say trade me in order for them to trade him. And so far, that's always been something that he's resisted. I don't see them moving him by the deadline. I think the Wizards are going to make a move. I think they're going to make a move to add pieces around him. Yep. I don't think they're going to trade Bradley Beal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, there was some more news about uh, Demona Sabonis mm -hmm. uh, coming out. They, 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 we'll see. You know, it was, uh, it was, I don't remember where I saw it, but it was one report, you know, out there that, you know, maybe Sabonis, uh, you know, they're stepping up their push to get him, but you know, let's keep an eye on that. Speaking of big men, uh, mm -hmm. once a duel in the NCAA tournament, Sabonis versus Jakob Pertle, uh, Chicago offered, uh, you know, went to uh, in on uh, Pertle and they centered around a future first round pick. That's a little weird because the, the Spurs already own a future Bulls first round pick, um, but maybe it was like, hey, reduce protections and we'll just give you one and then the other one and we go from there. But but the Spurs, uh, you know, shut it down. And I, I just I don't think they have any interest in moving him unless it's a really nice return because he's he's their best big on the roster by by far. And he kind of is key to them playing that four smalls lineup around him because he cleans up so much around the rim. I understand the the Spurs not wanting to trade Pirtle. And we mentioned on our, a previous show, Greg Popovich, him going for the record, seven wins shy of that. So the Spurs are going to be wary of making a move that, you know, that weakens their team too much this year. Because I think that is yeah. something that matters to them. Yeah, um, yeah. And it should. But mm -hmm. let me flip this. Chicago. Why why go after Yaka Pirtle knowing that you already have Nikola Vucevic? I, it's weird to me. 
if I'm the Chicago Bulls, Pirtle is great, but wouldn't it be more cost-effective if you're looking for a guy who's going to be playing 15-ish minutes a night? Isn't it more cost-effective to go and look for a Robin Lopez, somebody like that? Obviously, different tier of player compared to Jakob mm -hmm. Pirtle, but in terms of filling that role, I would think that if you're looking for a 15-minute-a-night guy, why... And maybe they're not. Maybe that's the answer. They're somehow going to play the two guys together, Vucevic and Pearl. I don't know if I see it, but it, it feels to me like they're they're a tier too high in terms of their center target if they're looking for a guy to back up Vucevic. Yeah, you can't play the two of them together. You, yeah. You know, that just becomes a mess. Um, my guess is that what they're going to do Years, let's say they were able to pull this off is the rest of this season, you basically say, hey, we've got 48 great center minutes. Defense, we roll with Pirtle. If we need offense, we roll with Vooch. And off we go. But then maybe that frees them up to freeze them up to move Vooch this coming summer when he becomes a $22 million expiring deal where you can start, you know, maybe we need to rebalance a little bit and get some help. And we've got enough offense with DeRozan and Levine and all the guards and all that stuff. You know, maybe, maybe we like Pirtle a little bit better and then we could move Vucevic in a trade. That's, that's the kind of maybe forward thinking hmm. thing beyond just this season. Cause then you've got Pirtle as a very, uh, you know, much more reasonably cost, uh, replacement but yeah it's I, I just this one i just don't see unless they really were like we're gonna add patrick williams to the trade or you know maybe kobe white i don't know if that moves anything for the spurs because they've got so many guards i mean if they wanted to throw in patrick williams i assume this would just be done yeah already and they, they'd already you know those guys would be off on to their new teams but yeah my guess is is that if portal gets moved elsewhere it'll be or gets moved it'll be elsewhere Agreed. Agreed. But I mean, something to note that the Bulls are yeah. in the market for a big, right? Yep. So we'll see if they can land one for the deadline. Yeah, just, just to cover a couple of things on the Bulls. I mean, you've got Derek Jones, $9.7 million, Troy Brown Jr., $5.2 million. Uh, you, if you really wanted to get into Kobe White, $5.8 million. Uh, Williams, if you wanted to go that direction, that's you know $7.4 million. So you've got a bunch of contracts you can put together. If you're you're the Bulls that you could kind of get involved on just about anybody, then you start asking, you know, all right, how expensive are we okay with being, especially next year when we have to re-sign Zach Levine? But that's a problem you deal with down the line when you're a good team. All right, let's jump to the Oklahoma City Thunder, a.k.a. Team Draft Pick. <laughs> They've got cap room. Stein says they are expected to make at least one move where they absorb salary. We've been saying this for ages now. This is no secret here. They're they're the team to turn to. If you need to to get somebody to absorb salary, just be prepared to give them picks. Because again, yep. they are trying to collect all of them. And they're getting yeah, close. I mean, and they're they can do literally anything because mm -hmm. they are anywhere between twenty-five and thirty-four and a half million dollars under the cap, pending how they want to structure things. So so yeah, literally anything can happen with the uh the the uh the thunder like they could take on any contract you want minus uh john wall or the you know extreme ones but even there uh they could get there because they could do cap space plus like Derek favors if you really you know were to incent them with you know here's four draft picks to do this but you know but yeah you're you're five to ten million dollar salary dumps no issue you know thanks let's go you know they could do 
two or three of those without even really kind of blinking an eye because the other thing is they got to get to the salary floor and they're still about 23 million or so shy of the salary floor so uh that that does matter uh though this one was interesting i thought from stein he he noted in the caris lavert trade mm-hmm. uh, that they didn't get the two first round picks they were looking for but they got close they, they got the one that second is really close yeah to being that second first. is really good um and he said now look for toronto like Cleveland used Ricky Rubio. Look for Toronto to use the package of Goran Dragic's $19.4 million expiring contract, along with a first-round pick to be kind of their, you know, hey, here's our carrot. You know, what do we want to do? And then my guess is that probably means uh, Dragic is waived at some point and, uh, you know, get allowed to go join whatever team he wants. But that's, that that's uh, you know, that's interesting, right? Because we'll we'll see where that uh where that ultimately goes uh, from from there with um with uh, uh, Dragic. It's you know a week or two from now he's not going to be on the Raptors. I think we we know that much to be certain. Who are you targeting if you're the Raptors with that package? If that if that's the bait, Dragic expiring, and a first from the names we've heard on the market, who can that land? Uh, if you could get him to come down a little, maybe Miles Turner. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't I just, hate that I, for them. If you're, if you're the Pacers and you just got what you got for Levert, I think you're going to want more. Yeah. Turner. But, but I think that the target, that was the first name that popped into my head too, as a target. Yeah, maybe but... you Dragic, the an unprotected pick, and then maybe a protected first. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like one that's like a top 20 protected then slides down over the span of, you know, two, three, four years or something like that. Sure. Maybe you could do that and that, that gets you there. And I think Turner would be interesting in Toronto because that's kind of the one thing they don't have is like that big uh, shot blocking presence uh, behind there. You know, imagine that behind, you know, all those wings and guards that, you know, just defend the heck out of everybody. Um, someone would have to go to the bench, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's a huge problem. You know, maybe put Gary Trent Jr. on the bench and say, hey, you're coming off the bench, but you're still getting 25, 30 minutes a night anyway, you know, because we're going to, you know, just rotate around. But yeah, that's that's probably what I'd be going after mm-hmm. if I was with them. Maybe a, it's, it's, that's not the way you use Dragic's contract, but, you know, I really feel like they need, they just need a high end point guard, like a backup. Point guard, but that's not what you use Dragic's contract for, because that's you know, oddly enough, that could be Dragic, right? You you could just roll with him, but clearly that ship has sailed, and that's not going to happen. So, yeah, and then you know there'll be no shortage of uh, suitors for Dragic, and the tricky part here is, as of today, if he's bought out, he can't go back to Miami, but if he's traded somewhere else and then bought out, he can return back to the Heat, and that might be where we see it go because by all accounts he's in miami right now uh mm-hmm. taking care of whatever personal business and working out that he needs to something to consider something to consider it could wind up happening we'll see we know that if he does get bought out the dallas mavericks will want their say and they'll be be after him as well but we'll see what winds up happening there with Dragic. um man here we are a few days away from the trade deadline we're gonna get i, I know we're gonna be getting Fresh news every single day. There's going to be new stuff yep. coming out. So expect a lot. More well, the reality news. is I am getting in the car in less than an hour oh. to go do school pickup. So that'll be when we'll mm-hmm. get some major news. We'll break down and probably a trade because that tends to be what happens. The minute I'm like just 
just not accessible, you know, enough to do something. And then it's like, ah, there's a trade and, you know, I want to react to all this stuff. And, and I, I'm very good. I do not text while I drive. So I, you know, if you uh, ever see me between the hours of like two and three 30 replying to something, you can be assured I'm sitting still in the car line at school pickup. <laughs> You're going to speak it into existence. That's something, yeah. something big is going to happen now this afternoon. Right. When, right. When you leave, yep. it's going to go down. It's going to go down. We'll, we'll have to cover it when you get back. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this is going to be a crazy week. Always is. So buckle up. Make sure you are subscribed right here to the NBA Front Office Show. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. Follow us where you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.